This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Saturday, December 24th, 2016. I'm Caleb Brown. Many local governments are on the prowl to protect the public from home sharing. That's Airbnb and other sites that help homeowners make use of dead capital and help tourists find the homiest of homey accommodations. Christina Sandifer of the Goldwater Institute discusses some recent cases where home sharing is under fire. We've talked before about Airbnb and people who use their homes for short-term rentals. There are some people who buy might buy larger homes than they otherwise would so that they can have that extra stream of income as providing a spot. Uh, and other people discover that rooms that they just weren't using are rooms that they can use to make a few bucks and meet some new people. So uh, at the state level, what are uh, what's the status of that as a legal matter? Well, you know, it's funny because home sharing is something that has been around since the country's foundation. And, you know, you mentioned that people will buy homes for that purpose or realize that they can rent out rooms to make some extra money. Gosh, this dates back to the Civil War when soldiers would go off to war, leaving their wives at home to take care of the property. And in order to make ends meet, they would rent out rooms to travelers. This is something that we've been doing forever. But yet, now that we're doing it more efficiently, because we have internet-based platforms like Airbnb, like HomeAway, that allow people to connect and when they want to travel or visit a new place, now suddenly the government's getting interested. And what's happening is cities nationwide are banning what they're calling short-term rentals or vacation rentals. They're banning home sharing. They're saying that it is unlawful to allow somebody to stay in your home overnight for money. What is a, what is their explicit argument that they present that says it's totally within our rights to regulate, which, what is association? They're regulating commerce. They're regulating what else? All, all of the above. Well, you know, the, the explicit reason is that there are problems that are caused by home sharing. This is what the government says. There, you know, that there are noise problems. If somebody rents out a home, they might make more noise in a neighborhood or there are trash problems. They won't know when trash day is. They'll put the garbage out on the wrong day and, uh, you know, the apocalypse will ensue. Uh, there may be parking issues, things like that. Government is couching this argument, uh, you know, in the traditional nuisance argument. But, but really, what's at the bottom of this is that Governments no longer respect property rights. Property rights are second-class rights in this country. And whereas in other areas, government needs to justify its regulations before it can stop you from doing something, today, you have to justify why you should be able to be free to exercise your property rights, to use your property rights uh, as you see fit. Refresh my memory. Uh, So a couple of famous people have have tweeted about this and making making the exact right argument, which is... You know, if, if you've made an investment in a home with the hopes of making a few extra bucks, uh, you might not be able to continue to afford your home if you find yourself in a situation where this kind of activity, uh, home sharing, uh, Airbnb type home sharing, is illegal. That's right. Yeah. Ashton Kutcher is uh, one of the most recent celebrities to, to really step up to defend home sharing. 
And they do make the argument about affordability. You know, it's interesting. Uh, governments, including uh, the city of San Francisco, has said, well, home sharing is causing houses to rise, you know, the, the cost of housing to rise. And so we have to ban it, um, which, of course, you can make any home cost next to nothing if you ban everybody's right to be able to use it as they see fit. That will make your property uh, inv- you know, not very valuable. Uh, but actually, the opposite is true. Government decisions, uh, government regulations, the cost of being able to build homes and to be able to improve homes is just skyrocketing because of government regulation. And people can no longer keep up with their mortgages. Home sharing is something that allows people to be able to pay the bills. It allows people to be able to make a little bit of extra money so that they can make ends meet. So one of the big arguments, and I think we've talked about this already, is that the hotels are concerned about this because they have to jump through a bunch of regulatory hoops and they are regulated in a very specific way. And their problem with this seems to be these people don't have to do all the things that we have to do that are expensive, that contribute to a higher cost for a room that we provide. Yeah. You know, hotels are are really enjoying these regulations because of course it allows them to keep out the competition it allows them to erect artificial barriers to entry rather than to just compete hotels are getting more and more expensive and they're offering fewer services and people enjoy airbnb or home away and so rather than compete hotels are asking cities to pass these types of ordinances now they do argue sometimes that it's unfair that you know, people's private homes aren't regulated in the same way that hotels are. And they may have a bit of an argument there, but of course, the solution should not be to regulate everybody. It should be to deregulate in a fair way. Um, But there's also something qualitatively different about, you know, allowing your friend to crash on your couch or to stay in your home when you're out of town and a hotel, which has multiple rooms and provides multiple services to people who are coming and going. A hotel is organized for the principal purpose of renting out rooms and home sharing is just very different. And so, uh, you know, there are, there are regulations that can be passed that treat everybody equally across the board, but there really, that really is not a good reason to keep out competition uh, and to, to keep hotels, you know, artificially expensive. You live in Phoenix, I do. Uh, when I was in Phoenix in 2011, I was waylaid by a uh, hurricane trying to get back to Washington, D.C. And uh, during my copious free time that was forced upon me, I went to Jerome, Arizona, which is a really cool, funky little town. It was a former mining town, it I believe. Was. And it's essentially built into the side of a mountain. Mile high city. And it's uh, there was a case that you and I had talked about that of somebody who was trying to essentially engage in exactly this kind of home sharing and was stymied for a really long time. How did that get resolved? You know, that, that case is a great example of how home sharing is actually good for communities because it incentivizes people to purchase properties that they otherwise wouldn't have bought and really clean up the community. Uh, in that case, the Goldwater Institute represented Glenn Odegaard, who was a Phoenix area resident. And like you and I, he went up to Jerome and fell in love and said, I'd really like to purchase a home up here, but I can't really afford a second home. Many Americans can't. And what he found was this piece of property that had laid abandoned for 60 years, and it was covered in rocks and mud from a landslide, actually had a tree growing out of the middle of it. 
And he said, you know, I can afford this property. And Glenn was uh, really handy. He said, I'm going to fix it up. I'm going to do something nice for the community. I'm going to turn it into a beautiful historic building, restore it to what it used to be. And then I'm going to rent it out to people like me who'd like to come up here to Jerome for a couple days and enjoy the fresh mountain air. And that's exactly what he did. He turned the house into a historic beauty and it made its way onto the cover of magazines. It was on the historic home tour. And then overnight, the town of Jerome decided, like many cities across America are doing, that you can no longer share your home for money in the town of Jerome. And of course, Glenn was out his investment. The entire reason he was incentivized to purchase his home and clean it up is because he knew he could make back that money by renting it out. And you can imagine now, nobody else is going to want to go clean up the rest of Jerome and restore these buildings because there's no incentive to do so. We were able to intervene there. Uh, we represented Glenn in court. And I'm happy to say that now you can rent your home out in Jerome uh, and actually anywhere in Arizona. But the city was arguing essentially what he had done was the opposite of what he had done, right? That, that by allowing people to come and stay and, and be short timers in Jerome, that they were negatively affecting the quality of the community. But of course, he had taken a piece of property that was, there was nothing going on with it and turned it into something useful. That, that's absolutely right. And, you know, the, the town made the usual arguments. In fact, one of the arguments that the town said is that there are potholes throughout the city, which, which of course there are, if you've been there, you know that. Um, and if you are a short-term visitor, you may not know where the potholes are and you may fall and injure yourself. So, um, so all the more reason to ban, uh, short-term rentals, same thing with, uh, trash, you know, neighbors won't know when trash day is They're We're going to have traffic problems. In fact, the town actually argued that we want to have more long-term housing because we want to have a place for people who want to run for town council to live. And if everybody turns their home into rentals, then we're not going to have enough homes for the government. Can't make that up. That's exactly what they said. Um, but of course, that sort of misses the point. And this is an excuse that governments across the country are giving uh, in, in order to, to use this sledgehammer approach to reduce and violate people's property rights. They say that because there is a possibility that a renter or a guest might do something bad, might make noise or, you know, park in the wrong spot, that we ought to ban people from renting out their property. But of course, government can just as easily deal with the occasional bad actor, the occasional bad renter, by just enforcing the laws they already have on the books. Enforce nuisance ordinances, uh, noise ordinances, trash ordinances, parking ordinances. The police are already doing that. Um, and, and so it should not be a justification in order to violate people's property rights. And in fact, in Nashville, uh, it, there's an interesting thing going on. The city of Nashville has put a cap on the amount of people who can uh, rent out their homes. They said only 3% of homes in the city can be used as short-term rentals. And beyond that, you're out of luck. If you're not the first one to get a permit, then you're out of luck. And the police force in Nashville has said that they don't want to enforce this ban on home sharing. 
it's it, it was really great. The police came out and they said, you know what? We have real problems to deal with. We're out there enforcing actual health and safety problems. We're out there enforcing noise and ordinances and parking ordinances. Uh, and we don't think that it's right to be knocking on people's doors and spying on them to see whether or not they're renting out their homes illegally. So it was a really interesting situation. Christina Sandifer is an attorney at the Goldwater Institute. Subscribe to this podcast at iTunes, Google Play, and with Cato's iOS app. And follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.